The Show Me the Money podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live, just as it was last week and the weeks prior. In Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. If you're not from there, who cares? From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet 100 and get 100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply, dinghy. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Squares Contest. $1,000 prize pool and completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares to enter today. That's a lot to do, Pat. Am I allowed to say I really wanted this? Podcast. I'm just a girl from a trailer park who had a podcast. Roxy Sorkin, your father just won the Academy Award. I'm going to have to insist on some respect from your podcast. I just want to thank every podcast I've ever met in my entire life. I'd like to dedicate this podcast to Miles Davis, uh, Robert Mitchum, uh, Shorty Smith, Joe Vitrano, Ray Kramer, Rupert Cross, uh, J.T. Walsh, and Luana Ander. Sorry, no. There's a mistake. Show Me the Money Podcast. You guys won best podcast. Welcome to the Show Me the Money. We are your guide to gambling on the movies. I am your host, Nick the Father Turner. I'm Pat the Hat Stango. And Nick, we have got special guests tonight. We have got the guests. How? Listen, the magic of the movies. It's not a guest. They're not like the hosts of uh, podcasts I listen to weekly, are they? (laughs) I, I think they might be. In fact, I think their podcast is all about the same subjects as our podcast, uh, that's the Oscars. Where I get my info. Yes. So this is who tells us who we tell you who to bet on. We have got from Mike and Mike and Oscar, Mike and Mike. We don't have Oscar, but welcome, Mike and Mike. <laughs> What's up, guys? What's going on? Thank you for having us, guys. And oh, that was, that was quite the professional ad read at the start. I was that was very impressive. Good stuff. Oh, there. thanks. It's not my first ad that I've not felt connected to that I've made. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing God's work with it. I can't feel connected to it because it's a legit gambling site, so it does not have entertainment odds. What is going on with that, by the way? I mean, we've we've been struggling. I can't believe in this day and age with how like widespread the legalization of gambling has become that there's still so few sites and carriers and apps and brands that carry any kind of entertainment odds whatsoever. It's just it's my mind-boggling. Theory, my theory is that they can't have entertainment lines on legitimate sites because they have predetermined outcomes. And somebody knows. Somebody knows who's in, you know, what character is going to be in the eighth episode of the Lord of the Rings spinoff. Hmm. Um, you can bet on cre- weird shit like that sometimes, as you probably have seen. I, would, I mean, I would buy that as an explanation, except that the Academy basically has assassins for until the, you know, the accountants give the envelope backstage. You know, if anyone leaks, they're... Yo, if you have too many friends vote for you, the Academy comes for you. <laughs> it's true. It's oh, a good point. Boy. It's a fair point. <laughs> Okay, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's such a pleasure to have you. You guys, uh, you know a lot more than we do. And as we always say on this show, that's unnecessary to make, to make bets. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you guys are more in-depth. You, uh, uh, At least one of you um, has to uh, take six months off to watch all of the Sundance movies. That's me. Uh, I just did yeah. that. Yeah. So can, can you tell us a little bit about your background and, and how the hell you got to needing to do that? 
Well, I uh, I have a sickness, you see, and th- that sickness involves 32 Sundance movies in a week's time, and I only took like two days off to where I did like eight eight movies in a day, so that was psychotic. And uh, yeah, you're getting me right after that, directly af- after that, at my creative best <laughs> right now. So I appreciate. I appreciate oh, so you saw them all? Happens. It's all done. I saw 32 Sundance movies, and I liked four of them. Yeah, so how that's, many? That's my so, headspace. Okay. So four you would recommend? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> so it seems like you would recommend not doing that. Yes, absolutely. Do, do, do I, you see a possible Best Picture contender in any of these Sundance movies? Not this year, but I, I'll tell you, when Mike and I did uh, two years ago during the pandemic i was like coda if it's in it it could win it and uh, that was the best call i've ever made it's all downhill since that moment wow Mm. i mean that's how good these guys are nick (laughs) we were we pat ourselves on the back for predicting coda after coda had already been nominated for the oscar (laughs) mike and mike knew coda would win i knew i knew the oscar two years before (laughs) it was even finished that's how good Mike and Mike are. Like Mike said, it's a sickness. It's not a gift. It's a sickness. The people but sometimes sicknesses can be healthy. Before he went deaf, that he would yeah. win. Yeah, I it's knew. incredible. I, I always knew. I felt it. Yeah. Um, guys, I mean, listen. I, I want to get us. Well, before we get started, just a, a real quick. Let the listeners know. Mike and Mike in the Oscar. Mike and Mike and Oscar. Why in ten seconds is it the best? Oscar podcast to listen to other than the show me the money. Well, <laughs> well it's Mike, Mike and Oscar. And yeah, I was. Yeah, we we have picked I, the two I'm laziest. That's all right. We picked the two laziest <laughs> pseudonyms in the history of media. Just Mike one and Mike two. Uh, and yeah, we, we go to Sundance, one of us, and uh, we uh, we figure out who's going to win best picture two years ahead of time. <laughs> That's right. And uh, no, I mean, look, at we do this year round and it's it's just. It's it is fun and Mike I think uh, it's it's definitely uh, it's it's fun to like cover all the different facets of the movie year from the festival season to the to the award season obviously to the summer blockbuster season I know you guys are block uh, uh, box office nuts uh, and uh, yeah we we cover it all and why we have a kinship with you guys is like the the area I'm sure you've seen on film Twitter and whatnot it can get a little stuffy. And uh, mm-hmm. we, <laughs> we try to not take it so seriously. I mean, it is serious uh, after all. And, you know, there are it's people the most serious, yes. of course, but it gets a little too serious sometimes. So yes. we it's try really, to yeah, cause, fight uh, back you know, against that a little. I'll listen to it, uh, um, yours and a couple other movie podcasts. And everyone is always talking about film Twitter like they're the beehive. Right. <laughs> They're going to swat you. Uh, uh, and uh, I don't go on there. I never see anything. You are know. smart. Just, you are smart. Yeah. And you should keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. Go to casinos. Go to win casinos. Yeah. Don't go to film Twitter. Exactly. That's the lesson of our show. But one thing that all of film Twitter is talking about, Andrea Riceboro. Guys, I think we got to start with what I think is the main event of the 2023 Oscars Best Actress. I, I feel this like Andrea Riseborough of this year, and it's already happened. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's so. It's so great because you couldn't pre-advertise the slap was coming heading into last Oscars, but this year ABC could be like, "We got her, Andrea Riseborough. She's going to be up for Best Actress." 
and that's a reason to watch. So the investigation's happening. The Academy is investigating whether her campaign was illegal. Mike and Mike, what, what, break it down for us, like well, a morning sports show. What's going on with this it was illegal. campaign? It was illegal, but it was not illegal enough it's only illegal if you get caught. So it rescind the nomination. So, yeah, they're not rescinding the, the nomination. What was the illegal part? So basically, they solicited uh, direct uh, academy members, and they also like broke a rule where you're not supposed to do like comparisons in social media and emails or in you know FYC campaigns. And they, and they broke that. And then they also they did like three email blasts in one week. Instead of one through the academy, mm. where, where it costs them two two grand a, an email blast, the academy's making bank on some of these things, guys. And they, they broke Shocking. some minor rules. They've gotten their hands slapped. It's frowned upon. But she is not getting it. The reporting just came out a couple hours ago. She is not getting her nomination rescinded. Wow. Oh, okay. I didn't. I hadn't seen that. Um, oh, yeah. It's I, a huge investigation. It's the, I mean, it's that I, I hadn't seen game. that it was over. Um, mm. I... I thought that like uh, the small caveat was that she hadn't sent out texts or emails, and if it wasn't personally sent from Andrea Riseborough's phone or email account, mm-hmm. then you could be uh, I don't know. She destroyed her cell phone like Brady did during Deflategate. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> we just talked to Clayton Davis of Variety our last episode. Yeah, and, great episode. Like we we talk. Uh, thank you, and we talked to him about like the way campaigning is like changing. And you guys mentioned on your I think last show as well, like. Andrew Riseborough has the same manager, the same agent as, you know, actress A, actress B, and they're, mm. they're all able to do these coordinated efforts and events. If she wasn't such a veteran, I think it's another point you guys brought up, if she hadn't been in the film industry and is so established as she is and has rubbed shoulders with all these people, there's not many actresses or actors that could do that kind of coordinated effort within, what, a 72-hour period mm-hmm. that she did? Mm-hmm. And like Clayton said, like you can't really persecute her for doing what got done even though it kind of took the sh- a spot or t- quote unquote took a spot away, even though it may not have, she may have finished second in voting for all we know, but even though it seems to have taken a spot away from a Viola Davis or a Daniel Deadweiler or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's such a weird thing to, because for your consideration is basically saying vote for me, mm-hmm. you know, but you're not allowed to specifically say vote for me. But when we, when they say for your consideration, they're saying vote for me. So it's it's all just sort of a little yeah, bit. You can of, buy a to billboard. Me, you can uh, take out a page in Variety. You can uh, hire an airplane to, you know, fly back and forth across the coast. But you can't email Courtney Cox people. You can't email. Right. Courtney God Cox. forbid you talk to the friends. That's I've been told that many times in my life. Do not email <laughs> Courtney Cox. Stop they keep telling me. Courtney Cox, I think. They keep telling me. And, you know, Andrea Riseborough, she she didn't listen to that. In all seriousness, so, I wonder if it's going to, I don't mean to cut you off there, but I wonder if it's going to get worse with the consolidation of agencies. Like how CAA is just buying up everyone mm-hmm. behind the scenes. So representation is going to get more and more acute. So I, I wonder if this is going to happen uh, more often as we go along here. But I guess we'll see. I mean, you know, it's going to be hard to do it again. So I want to throw out this theory that, you know, we brought up on our show last week that the fox is in the hen house. You know, Andrea Riseborough, she got in. She was an outsider. Didn't think she was going to get nominated, but she's in now. And she's got the taste for blood. She knows how to campaign. Does she go from being someone who never and no one ever thought was going to get the nomination to my theory? She could win this whole thing. I mean, I, I I think I think she she's she's 
the the chickens are in trouble now because the fox is there. So what do what do the mics think? Look, I I think once the voting kind of expands beyond the quorum that they needed, mm-hmm. in essence, to get her nominated, they knew they needed 218 vote voters, and and they got that probably less than that probably because than it, was, that, yeah. it was such a tight race. It was going like nine, ten deep in Best Actress. We thought, uh, and my guess is once this blows out to the whole academy, because the whole academy, all six thousand. Or, or what is it, 10,000 members 10, now, Mike? Plus, we, we, yeah. pro- we probably should know that. Yeah, it's relevant. Once it goes to the whole academy, <laughs> the, you, you can't play that game anymore. So now you got to get eyes on your movie and, and, and get that circulating around the rest of the group. And I, I don't think they've done that yet. I don't know if they have any more money to do that. We'll see. Uh, but I would not expect, I think that's, sorry, but my first sucker bet of the day, that's a sucker bet. It's Yo versus Blanchett still, what in my who, What did you, one of you guys took them, and what were the odds? Oh, that's right. Honor? I put $37 down to win twelve fifty. dollars for $1,250. So, $40 to 1 almost? Mm-hmm. $33. $33 to 1? I mean, she's, she's, a, she's currently uh, 20 I believe. I'm looking um, right now. It's like ten to one, eleven to one, depending on the book. She's in third place. Yeah, yeah. He, she's solidly in third. You should have put it in your game. Oh, she's thing. twenty. She's twenty to one on Bovada specifically. <laughs> okay, or she was earlier today when I looked. Yeah, um, I see. I, I'm on odds checker. I see a couple twenty to one. But you know, I don't know. Ones. As you know, one of the few uh, prognosticators in this field that picked it. Uh, I'm excited that she got in, and uh, I feel a little closer to her. I feel like maybe I'm a, I was the second AD on the movie. I doubt they had one. <laughs> I bet Andrea Riseborough was the second AD on the movie. Who was Leslie, guys? Do we was was her name Les? <laughs> I watched the movie. I still don't remember. Was it the son? <laughs> so so she's it. not the titular character. <laughs> wow. Was that her child? I thought she wrote a letter to her kid at the end, Leslie. I, I don't know. That's that's how much I remember the movie. Well, so we have excited. Mike and Courtney Cox that we know for sure at least watched it. <laughs> and Ed Norton. And Ed Norton. That's He's true. the yep. one who he started He's it all. He's still tweeting about it. As we all know, um, Kate Blanchett gave the best performance of the year in any category. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously she should win and it sucks. And no one wants her to. I don't want her to. She should. She doesn't want to. She doesn't. Yeah. She, she doesn't want, want to. to. She's begging you, begging you, to vote for Andrea Riseborough. <laughs> uh, who's got the better performance? I have Kate Blanchett, my number one, uh, just over Margot Robbie, who got snubbed. Believe it or not. Uh, wow. That's just You're me. riding that train straight into hell. No stop signs, no speed limits. The caves Mike at the bottom I, of L.A., yep. Mike and I are both on the Babylon train. Absolutely. Uh, God help us. Haven't uh, seen it. Still isn't out. I think Michelle Yeoh's going to win, and I'm, I'm, I would put money on her. I think she's uh, – whether or not she wins SAG, I, I feel like – like Clayton said on our on our show, I mean, this is the time to vote for her. We're not going to get another chance, most mm-hmm. likely. And uh, Blanchett, we've seen this that type of campaign or that type of move hurt people in the past when mm-hmm. they kind of take the piss out of the whole season, what like she did. Uh, if you don't want the award, you're not going to get the award in many a case. So I, I'm guessing that does, in fact, hurt her. And it was it was a close race to begin with, and she's going against the the lead of the movie that is the darling of the season. So it's it's a mm-hmm. rough spot. As far mm-hmm. as Riseborough goes, it's always tough to be the single 
nominee representing your film and win any category, much less an acting category, much less one of the lead categories. Uh, obviously, this is a special case because <laughs> this is such a unique thing that she did and pulled off. And I think the odds are reflecting how unique her case is. But I agree with Mike right now. If I had to place a bet, I I would pick Michelle Yeoh. I don't even know that I would bother placing the bet because the odds are so close to even as it is. Yeah. Do you guys, you mentioned the SAG Awards. Better. Do you think that the winner of the SAG in that category is going to win? Or are you guys sort of seeing a split? Because I could kind of see a situation where Blanchett wins the SAG and still and then Yo still pulls out the Oscar win. Yeah, we've had it going back and forth a couple of times over the past five years or so since Mike and I started the pod. Uh, Francis McDormand took it back with the Nomadland, right? And I, I could just I could see that happening again. But uh, I, I'm I'm very curious at the how the ensemble works with SAG because you already know that mm. Ki Hui Kwan is going to win supporting actor like. Who does he have to slap to lose? Somebody really important. Oh, imagine. Any, anyone he slaps would make him more likable. I'm invincible. So, like, how do you, if you know you're already given that movie a big prize on the night, there's only five big awards, kind of maybe six. Do you go in a different direction for, and that was the whole theory that we, we had a guest Scott Yeager on. We, that was our whole theory. Do, do you go somewhere else for the ensemble like they've done in the past? I, I, I'm curious to see what SAG does. I'm not sure. Uh, that you, you, I'm sure you loved hearing that advice. I really don't effing know at all. <laughs> I, I want to ask if you guys have any bets. What have you? What bets have you made? Look, at, I have not bet this year. Uh, I we can't near us, so we were talking about going to Atlantic City. To be honest, and. Uh, I was talking to Mike. I mean, it is dangerously, it's dangerous telling Mike this. <laughs> I was going to go with my brothers to AC, and we were going to place a bet. Because I was 20 for 20 last year like an ass, and I didn't bet last year either. Oh, oh boy. 20 for 20, and it never happened before. This so that's taking best... out, out the, the categories you can't possibly know. I fucking picked Coda at Sundance. I went mm. 20 for 20. <laughs> it was my year, and I did. I made 0.0. Zero. You should be retired now. You should be able to live off of last year's Oscars for the next thirty years. I, I should. It should be done. I should be whatever I, I mean, want. We we should organize some kind of New York listeners bus trip to Atlantic City just to all place Oscar bets. I think we back. need to talk to Mattress Mac. Yeah, we need a little funding, <laughs> and we need to go all in on somebody like three years from now. Yeah. He's got it to burn, right? He keeps putting out those uh, $5 million bets, $2.5 million bets. I see him. He wins like one out of every four. He seems to be doing all right. Yeah, he's, I think the mattresses are doing the heavy lifting. Right. Bank account. Right. Um, and the uh, fact that the Astros cheat their way to a win every year, mm-hmm. that's really helping mm-hmm. him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah, I've, uh, I've bet a lot on a lot of different categories. I think no matter who wins the race in uh, Best Actress, I'm coming away with hundreds. Whoever the winner is. That's but you bet thousands. That's the problem. Well, yeah, I've bet ten thousand dollars on that category. You bet ten thousand dollars, yeah. On, on so, Armis. So best picture. I mean, you mentioned Banshees, everything everywhere. It's sort of a there are a bunch of movies that have around the same, you know, seven to ten nominations. I don't see a total clear front runner. I mean, everything everywhere is the front runner. 
but it does still feel at this moment like a three or four movie race is still on the table do you dis- disagree we said we've been saying for a while we think it's a four-headed race except top gun probably is solidly in fourth because it probably needs to win pga to show that it has life left in the category mm-hmm. but yeah right now i mean if if oscars were tomorrow and you want to tell me that either banshees or fablemans or everything everywhere wins i don't know that i would be stunned i i, I mean tar has gotten so much love that's kind of the long shot that's like I don't think it's going to win. I don't really think it has the best picture chance. But of the long shots, that's the one that I'm like, well, if it, if I heard that name called of the long shots, I'd be least surprised by that just because of how it's been treated colloquially and how it's been treated by the guilds and how it's did on a nomination day, too. The, that's the one I have. I have it ahead of Maverick at this point. To me, that's mm. in the four. Wouldn't surprise me. Would not surprise you, me at all. Do you think Banshees could really win? Do you think a movie that won zero Critics' Choice Awards could win Best Picture? It's it's a long shot. The yeah. assumption would be that it has to do well at uh, BAFTA, and that's it's like a home game for for Banshees because Martin McDonough should won do a well at BAFTAs there. as well. We expect there's there. McDonough's done yeah. well there, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I there's two uh, there's two uh, nominees that I've gone pretty much all in on and sunk hundreds of dollars in and if these don't win it's going to devastate me and that is the Daniels for director and everything everywhere for picture you got to beat and Papa Steve what's going on but okay so I don't, who do you guys listen to the most mm-hmm. like if you if you need to go look up something real quick where do you go for a quick opinion because I will tell you personally Gold Derby top 24 users are my my people and i search that to see what the latest is who are your people feinberg and you know clayton yeah we we i mean we definitely check out gold derby but the 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 two alters we kind of pray to most when it comes to relying on insiders Mm -hmm. or start for the feinberg forecast and and clayton david yeah uh, clayton Clayton davis Davis, i'm sorry yeah Yeah, of a variety there award circuit have to because you know they're just they're they're really on the ground and we've got an appreciation for you know the who they're talking to and kind of their canvassing things so they're getting a cross section in a way and they're also just like they're on the beat which you know you're gonna know a lot of the you know you, you like if you're a if you're a sports reporter on the beat you're gonna know that this guy's got a bum knee or a sore knee you're gonna know <laughs> that you're gonna know all these inside He's Adam Schefter. Yeah, More, I mean, he and he gets like he's too. It's Scott talking about Scott. He's too plugged into the weird stuff he comes up with. Always ends up rearing its head. Like he was one of the first to have Sandler in his top five, and mm-hmm. everyone was like, "How that fifth spot seems so up for grabs? How do you land on Sandler for Hustle?" And then the SAG noms come out, and there's Sandler sitting there in the you know the nominee slot. So, and that's just an example of what happened this year. But every year, Scott especially, there's like weird stuff he comes up to, but he's so connected. It's just you can't look away from him if he if there's something weird on the Feinberg forecast we kind of put a lot of stock into that he's what do you either think? Max Bialystok or <laughs> just a really good reporter one of those two things it's so good um what uh what what um award show do you think is the best precursor oh god damn you god damn you to hell this has been 
the worst argument. And it's the, the Golden Globes. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but look, we've done like the precursor uh, nomination crossover statistics for the last mm. 10 years. We, we, I've done it out. I shouldn't say we. Mike doesn't want to do any of that shit. I've done it out. <laughs> and it's almost all the same, right? And, and look, at BAFTA was probably the closest you know, a couple years ago when I did this 10-year crossover. Uh, but I think you got to look at BAFTA's last few years, and they've gotten so wonky that I no, don't remember who they did get Anthony Hopkins was. right. They did get That's Anthony Hopkins. That's why I flipped for Anthony Hopkins. They the usually get the white people like, right at the last second. Mm-hmm. The white people in, in, in They Britain. also usually love white people at the back. They, yeah, they love Andrea Risebeck. Historic, yeah. <laughs> There, I think it depends on the category, too. Like, the DGAs have a huge crossover, picking their winner with what happens on Oscar Sunday. One of the more obscure ones, for whatever reason, the Critics' Choice has a great crossover with picking their production design winner and the winner of the Oscars' production design. So mm-hmm. it's not like a, a award show by award show, precursor mm-hmm. by precursor thing, but if you yeah. are sick enough to study this stuff like like we do way too much, there's, the you can't find frog. trends. The golden yeah, frog. That's true. The, plays golden out. Frog. No. <laughs> the fucking golden frog. For cinematography. Just weird obscure oh, that, it shit. Is, it is called the golden frog. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's they beautiful. could have changed they that at tar. any point. They were the only people to pick tar in cinematography this year, and I ignored it. The camera image <laughs> festival. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Golden Frog. I ignored it, and I remember I was DMing somebody. I'm like, wait a minute. I probably should go with that damn Golden Frog. I don't have enough in this category right now. I'm so mad. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. All right, guys. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go back to a category. Is Brendan Fraser weak in Best Actor, or is he already an underdog? Because he was, the, listen, a couple of months ago, it was, oh, the the Brendan Fraser is on. It's all locked up. He, you know, he full body transformation. You know, Oscars love that. It was a slam doink. And now, I I don't know. I, I kind of feel like Frazier is not just no longer a slam doink. He's not even the favorite anymore. I love Here's, slam doink. Yeah. Here's the recent scuttle. I mean, it's it, the recent analysis, if you're listening to to Ann Thompson, etc., IndieWire Screen Talk. She's talking about how, at this stage, if you're not in a Best Picture nominee, mm. it kind of hurts you a little bit and, and in terms of people actually watching the movies and catching up. Mm. That might hurt Brendan Fraser a little bit. But he gave such a fantastic speech at the Critics' Choice Awards for that room. Everybody was just fawning over him. He's got the momentum right now. If if you're not picking him to win SAG, I I don't know I I I have to pick him to win SAG right now myself. It's Minus one fifty at SAG right now, Brendan Fraser. I'm yeah. thinking about it. Um, yeah, it's I do feel like he's got the momentum. I've, I think I, he's uh, the betting favorite right now across most books. Oh, least most oh heavy, books. heavy, yeah. heavy. Yeah. So I mean, heavy. It, it, you know, I don't. It's a three headed race in that category, obviously, and I think yeah, Bill Nye. Paul Mescal, right, of course, of course. And Brendan Fraser. <laughs> yeah. Is it Nye or Nye? And Tom Cruise from, uh, from Top Gun, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think the, that movie, and I've said this over and over on our show, the, the whale showing up in PGA at the Producers Guild for best film was like a very, very surprising thing to me because that is so not a Producers Guild, a PGA type movie. And if you're 
if you have that kind of support for it, it's probably going to win hair and makeup. It's got a surprise nominee with Hong Chow in supporting actress. Yeah, you want to be in a Best Picture nominee, like Mike just cited Ann Thompson saying, but at the same time, I mean, if he's the betting favorite right now for a reason, I think. So I, I, I would go in right now. Again, if the Oscars were tomorrow, he would be my pick. Mm-hmm. Is there... A, it's a three-headed race. Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser. Are there any two that you see being the two that might cancel each other out in a way? You know, like to me, hmm. I could kind of see Colin Farrell... And Brendan Fraser getting that, oh, we got, I want to vote for the veteran who's finally getting his due mm-hmm. vote. Yo, and then Austin and Butler Pat's sneaks Elvis in as the hot young is, thing. Is rearing, I'm, it's I'm an Elvis guy. I've been <laughs> an Elvis guy. Do not go into Elvis with these people. I think They're his music people. is underrated. It hasn't sold enough albums. <laughs> right. And I think right. people are sleeping on this movie. But I think, and listen, you got the Lisa Marie, R.I.P., that's going to add, I think, some sentimentality. Hosted a great episode of SNL. Everyone loved his. <laughs> we're sleeping on his Golden Globe speech. It was a great monologue. I, I'm not trying to make the case for Austin Butler, but I think <laughs> Farrell, Frazier, you could kind of get a split there, and then this hot young thing sneaks in, gets the Oscar. Look, at if Mike and I are... Pl- you know, filling out a ballot ourselves. We're picking Austin Butler ourselves. Yep. But that's be- from you. the performance within a performance. I mean, that kid got mm. up there and sang like Elvis and performed like Elvis. And then he, yeah, I thought he nailed the dramatic scenes in a big, t- tawdry, you know, gaudy, dramatic, nonsense movie that it was, even though it was fun. And he had to act but, opposite Jabba the Hutt, Tom Hanks, most times. But that's <laughs> Jabba, the, so. Jabba the Hanks. Which, <laughs> which, I mean, you're talking makeup. That should be your makeup Oscar. Uh, clearly. Yeah, without Elvis for, Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, yeah, I think, I look, I think ultimately like banshees might get the benefit of an oscar puzzle theory here and mike and i've always talked about this like where do you give certain movies credit on the card from your ballot because again the whole academy is voting for every award uh, like at this spreading stage the love. they're like spreading the love is this where Farrell gets some love if it's not going to brendan frazier and i wonder if look at i wonder if like the old fogey vote like the old academy vote in the best picture category and maybe in this category, you know, if the old movie fans kind of get uh, crossed out with between Top Gun and Elvis and best picture, but I'm not necessarily sure we're going to see a cross out here. Like maybe Bill Nye could take a few votes away for Colin Farrell, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> okay. We wake up BAFTA morning. You <laughs> You know I'm dressed in my Bill Nye suit, my custom suit, same as the one he wears in the movie, and I am just waiting. Bill Nye is going. He was the guy, the first guy I just had a little fun with. The first, our first episode, you know, just picking a long shot. I love Bill Nye. I love Bill Nye, and uh, nothing would make me happier. I've already wasted a good thirty dollars on Bill Nye to win six hundred dollars. This was the first week of December. Don't play. Don't come for me. No, I I mean, look, especially, I mean, (laughs) knowing what we know BAFTA does every year, 
Would it be shot? Like, no, I wouldn't no, be. Of <laughs> no, right? Like, winning BAFTA, 100% possible. Right. I, I think that's very much in play. And then I, the next tweet would be from the MMO account, BAFTA gonna BAFTA, and we'll at you guys when that happens. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, who's gonna beat Guillermo del Toro? Is that the most, <laughs> is that the worst category at the moment? Just, it's oh, that's the most over the venue. Did you guys like Pinocchio? I liked parts. Okay, so no. <laughs> I, I put it on. I put it on, and then a few minutes into it, I was like, I, I can't watch a Pinocchio movie. And then I shut it off. <laughs> I've already watched one Pinocchio movie this year. I can't watch a second Pinocchio right. movie. I'm, four, I'm a 40 year old man. It's just, <laughs> I got to I gotta gotta set draw some boundaries somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that line is that second pin, new Pinocchio movie <laughs> in one year. So I haven't seen it. Should a. Uh, former best director winning filmmaker be able to win best animated feature and i know animated features are not below others but i almost feel like this is like some kind of a cheat or a hack (laughs) you know of him getting another oscar by overseeing an animated film i don't know there's something there's not slimy but there's something something about it at least it's not live action short that i think you you can't win your second oscar with that (laughs) Nobody campaigns better than him right now, I think. And he's got he's got the well, he had the branch in the palm of his hand, but he probably has the academy in the palm of his hand. That man he he and most people like Pinocchio. Most people aren't uh heartless I was gonna say bastards. we're the only four that like it the seems, four of us. Yeah. I hated that movie. I thought it was Oliver Same. Twist. I agree. I can't stand that story. I think I'm Italian and there's a bunch mm. of British accents which annoyed the shit Mike's just racist is what he's trying to say no I am just I would like I would like one Italian voice maybe in an Italian you know the archetypal Italian story for Christ. Do you think they're not giving us Geppetto and they're not giving us Mario? I mean, you know, (laughs) good point. It's it's do you think that Doug Jones heard that Guillermo del Toro was making Pinocchio and he's like, I could be Pinocchio. (laughs) I was like, animated. Good, 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 good. I've got plenty of offers. I mean, there's highlights in that movie. It's just like, I don't know. The, I think the rest of the world saw something different than the four of us. I, I like production design. It's pretty to look at. The song isn't bad. but I agree yeah, with I, the song. Yeah. I just, I don't the know. That movie wasn't one. for me. Yeah. It, it's missing, though, the essential element that the Zemeckis Pinocchio had this year, which is Pinocchio looking at a pile of shit <laughs> in the street. <laughs> the Zemeckis I, movie might have had the worst final 40 well the worst final two hours and 10 minutes I was say final 90 I've minutes i've ever seen yeah good credits though <laughs> i went on the podcast who charted and uh you have to bring a song like a new song that you're listening to and i brought chow papa and made everybody listen to it <laughs> nice i set nice. it up i was like i got a banger i've been dancing to this it's all i listen to in the car chow papa that's where you got to bring in the air horn that you were saying before that in the middle of that you know <laughs> it's good i wept my son my son but to answer your question marcel the shell with shoes on and puss in mm. boots the last witch superior films turning red superior yeah. film and my uh, story let's just say that story again because i agree with the pr- production values production design can we just give it to toy story four or three again can we just do that instead is five out yet? just assume there will be a five and just preemptively right. give fair. it yeah yeah uh i'm rooting in that category for 
the Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, because I'm a box office guy, host another show, The B.O. Boys, and this movie is on an all-time run, greatest holds I've seen since The Greatest Showman. So just for that reason, I hope they give it a Puss in Boots. It's adorable, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Adorable movie, Salma Hayek, funny, Antonio Banderas. Oh, my God, I loved it. Eddie Murphy coming out and basically taking a poop on it didn't help this week, but I don't know if that'll affect anything anyway. Is, that tr- <laughs> is this Shrek 6? Have you guys seen You People yet? Eddie Murphy should stop talking. Right oh, now. I saw it. I watched it last night. Couldn't sleep. Ugh, it's awful. It I got it queued up. I could just see Jonah Hill and Kenya Barris in Kenya Barris's living room just high-fiving each other while writing that script. <laughs> completely unaware. And then and then Jonah Hill is like, yeah, and I'll, I'll slick my hair back. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Rough move. Um, all right. Question for the mics here. Do you see a movie that could be this year's Dune? The movie that takes sweeps through the under the line categories. Is there is, is that movie all quiet on the Western front? Look, at we have Mike and I usually talk about one movie like being the tech monster or the undercard mm-hmm. monster like the Dune Mad was. Max. Yeah. There are so many this year. There's more than usual. We have Elvis. We have, uh, obviously, we have Top Gun, and we have uh, Avatar with a couple here and there. I mean, there's a bunch of movies that kind of took that mantle, if I can get my document to cooperate here. I do want to cut in and say sorry about the Knicks. Well, that's what I was watching. So I was, I was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything everywhere all at once has got a ton of texts and crafts and et cetera. And obviously, like you said, All Quiet on the Western Front. That's five movies with a loaded undercard resume this year. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard for one juggernaut to, to take hold. And I think that ultimately, I think Dune was like the lone movie that did that when we had the pandemic, you know, closer to the right. pandemic when a lot of those blockbusters weren't released. Right, right. I, I think All Quiet is going to be this year's The Irishman in that it's going to get, what did it get, 10, 11 nominations? Uh, and I think it could get blanks because there's so many Best Picture movies that should get a couple of tech awards each. It'll that, win international. It's going to win international. Right it's it's, it'll a, win, it's yes, like a minus yeah. 1,000 favorite right now in international. But I, yeah, I think I think the other movies are going to split those tech awards. I don't think that's going to be the one that gets them. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I agree. There's not going to be a Dune, but is everything everywhere going to be the, let's take winning best picture aside. Do we think at the end of the night, that's the movie that has won the most Oscars? Probably. Cause it's probably, lo- you're probably looking at either screenplay or director, if not both, you're, you're looking at it as the favorite best picture. And then you, you, you know, you got Kihai Kwan. Kihuei Kwan, um, and then it probably all picks up. pronunciations are correct. Film, edi- <laughs> film editing, film editing might it might have a chance, but yeah, I don't know. It might, it's a good question. Be I careful for best picture method. if if the Daniels do win director though, because typically director and picture don't go hand in hand lately. in the same film lately. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, a big difference yeah. from our childhood. Yeah, we yeah. were raised on the best picture, best director pairing, and now yeah. it's the opposite. But I'm sorry, I got to kind of finish up your last question because like avatars winning vfx top guns winning sound otherwise we have you know all quiet winning international and then you know 
I don't know. It used to be editing was Top Guns, but I think all everything everywhere is is coming in onto that uh, that turf there. Do you think if James Cameron doesn't win VFX, uh, he'll hang himself? <laughs> Can we make a deal that he stops making avatars if he doesn't win VFX? Can that happen? I'll give him every Oscar. <laughs> If we could get him just making another movie I want to see, that'd be incredible. I wish, I wish. Like, true. Ah, it, it is a. He bummer. hasn't made yeah. a movie I wanted to see since the '90s. But the undercard is spread out to finally answer your question. And that, I mean, what what Mike just hit on, I think, is also what's going to work against Top Gun Maverick having a Best Picture chance because Top Gun Maverick's path to any kind of success there was to sweep the tax. And mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's so many players in the text this year, I, I, like Mike, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, it might. I don't think it's going to though. It it missed cinematography altogether, right. and and that seemed like pretty it was shocking. The yeah. favorite, yep. yeah that that was the shocker of the day. Uh, can I can I run uh, one new category for the betting sites that we haven't had since uh, you know before the nominations that we now have, and it's best original screenplay. I did put ten fantasy dollars on Ruben Oslin at great great odds. Thirty three to one. Well, and now he's sixteen hundred, so but he's still in last place. This mm-hmm. is according to Bovada. Everything everywhere all at once in the Banshees of Insharon tied minus one fifteen, Todd Field plus one thousand, Fableman's plus twelve thousand or twelve hundred, excuse me, and uh, Triangle of Sadness sixteen hundred. What do you guys think? Is there a bet there? Uh, it's a two-way race up top, most likely. You can't Banshees pick one. Everything everywhere. Yeah. WGA is going to go everything everywhere, and then, and that's two days beforehand. I wonder what BAFTA is going to do. They have given McDonough two uh, screenplay BAFTAs, so you would expect you would expect them to go McDonough. So you're going to kind of have a split. So those odds are probably not going to shift necessarily one way or, or the other in a big way. So it's not like you can even wait. That's going to kind of be a toss-up. And what's oh, been God. happening with original, sure. or I mean, it's just the screenplay categories in general, but especially original, lately with the Academy, is that's been the winner of that has been the, it's been like the consolation, sorry, you're not winning Best Director Prize. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're a promising they, young woman. Right, exactly. Promising Young Woman, Get Out is another example. It could be, though, they could have a three-way split. You could have, this year, Banshees win original, Spielberg win director, Everything Everywhere wins pictures still. So I guess that's still a possibility. But again, that's that would take kind of a group think. But we know the Academy's not above campaigning all in mass together, so who knows? <laughs> hey! Mm-hmm. Just email Courtney Cox. <laughs> right, right. And Adapted, is it? Is it... Uh, right now, it seems like Women Talking is the favorite. Do you feel like that's going to run away with it? or you, <laughs> Who the think? hell knows with that category? <laughs> because huh. Women Talking got snubbed at BAFTA. So Women Talking can't win BAFTA. Women Talking can win WGA. Adapted, it's, best Picture and Adapted are the only nominees Women Talking got, which is yeah. nuts. I think that's a wide-open category. I think the odds are kind of repping that, at least, for, I guess, for the top three. You would say mm-hmm. Top Gun has Scripter and WGA. Who knows? Maybe the the, the guy who wrote that costume for Bill Nye. I was just going to say it's a it's a Nye night. Maybe maybe Nye upsets an actor. Maybe he gets That's adapted a screenplay. Good mm. screenplay, man. I mean, obviously it's for the <laughs> Tolstoy, but shit. I would I would look at All so Quiet. Nice. I mean, All Quiet has been so hot ever since the BAFTA long lists were announced. I don't know how much of a player, an Oscars player it was prior to those BAFTA long list announcements. And then 
maybe the academy got the green light. They were like, oh, this is this is clearly what we should do for international feature because international feature was not leaning all quiet until the last two or three weeks. Right. And that was a result of what happened with the long list. And then BAFTA noms came out and all quiet, like hit all their long list marks there, which was something crazy. It ends up being the second or third most nominated movie of any film this year for the Oscars, which is equally not the track that it was doing up until again the last couple weeks so i do you think gonna look for a bit of a long shot maybe do you think it's not great odds rrr being eligible for the oscars would have derailed much of what uh all quiet was doing in like a lot of different categories honestly i think rrr confused the season to an extent where you know it wins the critics choice it wins a lot of critics awards on the season and therefore, consensus had had not been built up till very late, really up to the BAFTA long list stage where BAFTA went nuts for, you know, the Germans doing a movie about an anti-war film, a movie about pacifism. That's for what once. they're known for, naturally, historically. <laughs> um, I, 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 I've been saying multiple times on our shows, if I can get a sentence out without stuttering, uh, who, I don't know who's in charge of picking the film for Academy Rec consideration in, in India, but they got to all be fired because yeah. the fact that RRR didn't get a chance to campaign for the Oscars Best International Feature category, I think, undercut its chances across the board. Is and it, it could have been a player. Because uh, of the subject matter? I mean, the subject matter is like cartoon evil to such a degree. Right. I can see someone... At the higher ups of India's whatever, <laughs> having an allegiance to the crown, and you know, I don't know. I, I don't know anything. Classes over there. I mean, yeah. I mean, your your guess is as good as mine. There, I don't know, but I, I don't know what the hell happened there. I think they really shot themselves in the foot. Hmm. Yeah, they were like, on, on of all years, the year that the Queen Mum dies, we just can't give it. <laughs> To this anti-monarch. My dream uh, is that S- action comedy is that uh, Rajamouli meets uh, James Cameron, and he puts all of his VFX into Rajamouli's next movie. So it's not like this cartoon. <laughs> the terrible. They, they rec- somebody recorded that meeting on Twitter, and, and everybody posted it on film Twitter. Again, this is the this is the uh, oh. weekly film Twitter update from Mike, Mike, and Oscar here, and so it was might have been the most cringiest thing I ever. I was like, I wanted to choke myself afterwards. Wait, what, what, what was? Yeah, no, Roger Mooley's just just. Uh, Kissing Cameron's ass, it was uh, just oh, it was mortifying. I, I was just awful. I, I I hate interactions like that. It was like forever. early aughts Todd uh, Todd Field with uh, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I'm sure it was. It, it, and then you know Roger Mooley's going to show up wearing James Can James Cameron hats. Yeah, that's next, how that's how it goes. Thirty years of his career. Yeah, now that's what's starting hats. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll get hired to make another failed Terminator reboot. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. It's it's every three or four years, someone's got to reboot it, and everyone's got to say, nope, we only like the second one and the first one, <laughs> and that's it. Whatever happened to Mick G? Mike, do you, do you know what happened to Mick G? He How directed something recently. How dare you? He did the uh, <laughs> those babysitter horror movies on Netflix, with her, which are gems. Absolute gems. Should be nominated any year. That's where he is. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think he did one. He's of them. Whenever someone is missing for too long, just assume they're on Netflix. Right. They got That's a Netflix a deal. Point. Yeah. Oh, I I have yeah. a theory that every actor you think died is on a CBS <laughs> network drama. Mm-hmm. And he has been for 12 years. <laughs> Every time. I was like, oh, that's where Oliver Platt is. Oh, thank God. He's on squat I've, or some shit. I've missed Oliver Platt. That's a great... Yeah. yeah. I'm mad at network he's, TV now. They got him. He's on season Again. 14 of a show that makes him $15 million a year. <laughs> yeah, he goes home at 3 p.m. every day. Yeah. Good yeah. for him. Uh, okay, I uh, want to ask you guys. Sorry, uh, I don't know, Pat, if you had something good, but now go for it's it. It's gone. Yeah, uh, what does up. your Oscar night look like? What are you guys doing for oh. Oscars? What do you usually do? Because I know I had a party last year, and I had to like work my party, right? making food, cleaning up, blah blah blah. I couldn't watch the fucking show, and I vowed never again. We haven't so, been in person for a couple years now, due to COVID and due to yeah. like just health issues, uh, mostly on my side, but. Prior to COVID, it was gross. I mean, it was it was it would be Mike. The, the how I know Mike is through uh, one of his brothers who was my college roommate. Um, so it would be Mike, his brother, who my my ex roommate. Usually, my brother would join us as well. Um, my parents, and we would just get way too much food because Mike Pizza. and his brother. We'd get pizza, and then Mike and his brother are like, you know, they don't know how to go somewhere without bringing. Their entire cupboard worth of food to I, I just told you I'm Italian. Right, so exactly. I wasn't going to say that, but yeah. <laughs> so, and it would just be us gorging. And then we would end up doing a lot or a, a recording right after the Academy Awards, and I would edit it that night. So I wouldn't get to bed till like three, four mm. in the morning. And we were just so full of carbs and cheese at that point that like we just wanted to kill ourselves. So, so the lamest answer yeah. that you never <laughs> thought of when you wrote that question. <laughs> I, I appreciate you think I wrote this down. <laughs> <laughs> no here's what we think we think we're like in the war room we're like at the nfl draft war room and now we right. gotta eat right so what are we gonna eat oh let's get our favorite pizza and then it became pizza and donuts let's get our favorite dessert and then every year we're saying oh next year we're just gonna eat almonds and salads and we never did it doesn't work never yeah you can you can have 42 donuts if you've been dieting up to the oscars right Right, throughout campaign season. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. usually work if you have our, our diets going in. But but to your point, working during your party, like, yeah, we're in between, you know, gluttonous cheese and all that. We are we have to write the scripts for our show that we did, like, afterwards. So it was, like, nonstop tweet. work for Don't us. Don't forget. And tweeting tweet. and interact Somebody's on social medias. Yeah, all that Don't fun. Oh, yeah, tweeting. That's good. gonna figure that out now tweeting ruined my career um when tweeting came in it separated the the great um pithy comedy writers from the uh incredible comedy performers and uh ruined our chances and so twitter's dead to me long before elon Mm mm-hmm well, it's only gotten so Amen. much worse. So, oh, it's so fun. You know, I'm on Mastodon. Me, my six friends named Mike, they all went to college with. They're all brothers. And, uh, you don't go on there, uh, Mastodon. No, no, I thought no, that no. was like a metal band. It was. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? What are your favorite bets you have right now? I know you have a lot in, but what do you like? Not what are you hoping hits most, but what is something you're like? Oh, I, that's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I have um, plus 700 bets on EEAL to win Best Pick, Daniels to win Director. Um, uh, you had, you Angel- got, you got Angela everything Bassett. everywhere at plus 700? Yep. Wow. Uh, uh, when did you, oh, how long six, did you sorry, 650. 
That was beginning of December. Good for you. Um, mm. And it's gone down slowly. Um, but uh, I also, uh, my, my best was plus 700 Angela Bassett after Critics' Choice Awards. Ooh. I heard yeah, you guys I, talking I about that, that, and I couldn't believe that was still being offered. It was, yeah, incredible. it wasn't still offered when we put our out, put our uh, episode out. Good for you getting changed, that though. Yeah. We did this last year in like the dying days of my old podcast, Get Rich Nick. Um, uh, Pat and uh, his Bo Boy host uh, co-host Clayton and I um, did a couple of months um, on this, and a lot of it was just figuring out where the hell these fucking bets are. <laughs> and and realizing that you have to bet early, you gotta yeah. bet early because it's like you could take insane swings because the odds are so crazy. You can mm-hmm. take you know swings on three different people in the same category, and then you know when it comes down to it. Um, but as it gets closer, you know, and these these uh, things start to get solidified, I'm just laying money on the favorites. Like a ten dollar bet on Kiwi Kwan, sure it's gonna make you uh, two bucks, but it's guaranteed money that you get in the giant number on Oscar day when all of your bets come in you pull that in and uh, it's all one it's a savings account for me my kids go into school <laughs> as long as the Daniels don't fuck this up I was gonna say I <laughs> hope I hope you you get those favorites right because man if one goes wrong that, that stuff terrifies me playing su- paying such a high vig on stuff like that because if one of those goes wrong oh man well I got a lot of stuff going on if you if you found a one of these sites that let you bet a ten thousand dollar limit. Would you put it? Up, would you go as high as you can on Kiwi Kwan? I mean, is that the the one where like everything I have, I'm selling stuff. I'm, I'm taking my wife's wedding ring. G- give me it for a minute. Let me. I mean, we got to put on this Kiwi Kwan. Guys, we're talking to a non-gambler here. He only bets on this. Uh, on a gambler that. would never bet. At the house on a minus eight hundred or whatever, you know, fucking Kwan is the the example I keep thinking of. Why? And I know at least one of you. Are you both wrestling fans, or is only one of you watch wrestling? I I, I am a wrestling yeah, fan. So going into Mania Thirty, I said this on our pod too. Uh, there mm-hmm. was somebody in London who bet Taker to beat Lesnar, but the odds were like minus one hundred and sixty thousand or something like that, and he ended up oh, he boy. ended up risking. Something like sixty-four grand to win four thousand dollars, and obviously, Brock Lesnar won. Right. So the the right. heavy heavy favorites, and that's obviously just an outstanding example. But like the heavy heavy favorites, scare the living shit out of me for mm-hmm. like reasons mm-hmm. like that. That said, is Kiwi Kwan like the most sure I am is so that somebody's going to win? Yeah, right now, and I think Mike would say the same, right? I think yeah, it's, I, I, okay. yeah, fun to put fifty bucks on and just have a you know jump up and down moment. Right. Sorry. Mike. I don't disagree. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, doinks. I have some doinks here. There I have Pinocchio, Pinocchio and Animated, All Quiet and International. I have Top Gun and Sound and Avatar and VFX. And then my big, uh, yeah, Kihue Kwan is uh, definitely a doink. So those those five doinks. But we also thought Chadwick Boseman was a lock a couple years ago. But yeah, ago. we locked Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> so, so this, I made my name. Here. My name is Nick the Father Turner because of my Anthony Hopkins and the father winning screenplay bets. Good for uh, you. I yeah. mean, I mean it, it, we we were 
stunned by well obviously so was Darren Aronofsky who produced the Oscars that night but uh we were absolutely stunned by that I mean Darren Aronofsky who your, was your it? brain who was Soderbergh. It? Soderbergh Soderbergh I'm or, Soderbergh or Steven Soderbergh yeah well it's, I knew it was a director I, have. I thought you were just hanging would, out with him <laughs> I would love to see an, Aaron, an Aronofsky produced <laughs> version right. of the Oscars an Aronofsky Oscars would be interesting to look at at least that's absolutely true yeah <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix would have definitely died at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, just give us a Requiem for a Dream uh, <laughs> version of handing out these Oscars. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, we got to wrap this show up. Uh, it has been incredible having you on. Thanks so much for doing this. You know, you, you, you're just talking a bubble so much. You guys got film Twitter. Me and Pat just have each other and our yeah. wives In who life, left us it. for each other. Yeah. Yeah, they said just just talk to him about it maybe alone. <laughs> well, thank you guys for inviting us. And yeah, anytime you need uh, two more people to share, we can always ha- take solace in that at least, you know, the four of us may be the only four on earth who hate the beloved movies that are impossible to hate, but like Pinocchio. But at least we're in it together. So we, we have a kinship there and we appreciate you guys having us on. Yeah, and we all four of us love Elvis. Right, equally, as I've learned throughout go. this recording. Yeah. I love yes. the guy. <laughs> yes. I love I'm still on his diet. It's worked wonders for me. I am this was doing, a- doing slightly better than his twin. <laughs> yeah, this was a lot of fun. I giggled my ass off. It took my mind off my Knicks just blowing another game, so I appreciate that so much. No, nah, I love your new show, guys. It's uh, it, it's great. Been been listening, and uh, you know we don't just go on anything. We go on good shows. Yeah, this was this was a blast. <laughs> we'll come on again. Hell oh, yeah! Thank you, guys. I can't wait to see what the hell you guys do after Oscars, and I am going to be there. Um, <laughs> All right, yeah, so that is our show. We've got no more ads to read. Um, check out the Patreon, the Discord, uh, SGPN. Uh, thank you to our SGPN gods uh, for another day of life. Um, yes, we pray to you. Listen to the BO Boys. Listen to Fraudsters. Most importantly, listen to Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Thank you so much, guys. That is our show. See you next time.